0: Hey everybody, welcome to the Zelda Informer Podcast. My name is Adam. Thank you so much for joining us this week. Uh, Before we get into who's on this week's podcast, I'd like to thank DJ Razor for that opening theme song. If you have any of your own topics, theme song submissions, artwork, anything like that you'd like to feature on the show, including questions, please send this to us at Podcast at gmail.com. Once again, that's Podcast at gmail.com. But here's the news from this past week. Triforce Heroes and other Nintendo titles are headed to PAX Prime this year, which is happening this weekend. Nintendo patents a console that has no physical game compatibility, sparking up some controversy on the internet. YouTube's gaming app finally launched this week, with some mixed reviews. Kojima has stated that he is going to continue making games despite some fans' concerns after the recent departure from Konami. Metal Gear Solid V reached some surprisingly good reviews in early copies across the board with a 95 out of 100 score on popular site Metacritic. New rumors suggest Shovel Knight may be coming to Smash 4, Uh, Kerbal Space Program is landing on the Wii U this year, Minecraft Story Mode has also been confirmed for the Wii U, The Witcher 3 sells 6 million copies, and Divinity Original Sin 2's Kickstarter had a great launch with over $666,000 raised on its first day. Once again, that theme song is brought to you by DJ Razor. You can check them down below with our other uh, links, including everything that we've mentioned before, everything we'll be mentioning in this podcast, and all of the social media and YouTube of everyone that's in this podcast. Once again, my name is Adam. Thank you so much for joining us this week. I'm joined by. Hey guys, it's
1: your boy Chris again. And uh, I'm actually sad that I can't be at PAX this weekend playing Triforce
0: Heroes. <laughs> I am too, but it's all the way in Seattle. So it's kind I, of would, a f- I would like to go to Seattle. I, don't I would know. love to go to Seattle sounds great yeah it does sound great hey
2: it's me again i'm sorry um i don't want to be at pax why are you sorry i don't i don't like
0: <laughs> i'm happy to have you here
2: oh that's good
0: chris may not be but i am so, yeah you know, get out wow. <laughs> you, know, you know what they say yep yeah you don't want to be at pax prime this year no,
2: I'm never. I don't really like uh, big trade show conventions. I don't like, like video games. Only, <laughs> bad video games. Uh, trade show <laughs> conventions usually bored me. I I went to New York Comic Con a few times and
0: sucked. All right, we'll get more into that in a second. To each their and, own. And last but not least,
3: <laughs> uh, do oh do I do I mm-hmm. do do I? Yes, you do. I do. You do. Cool. My name my name is George Weedman. I have a uh, YouTube channel called Super Bunny Hop that um ap- apparently I I attracted the eye of the Zelda Informer podcast crew which is like fine by me cuz I like Zelda sometimes. <laughs> I like the swords and the hat and the little skirt thing he wears. Yeah, when I was a kid, I never mind. No, no, it's uh, us. excuse <laughs> me Adam, it's called the
2: tunic. I just
3: wanted no, to point I was, that out I, I, just, I, I was just going to say how much I liked Zelda growing up yeah yeah, yeah. glad yeah. to have you with us man
0: uh, me I too really, I really appreciate some of your videos You, uh, and I'll say this now just so we can get it out of the way you have a really great approach about analyzing information that comes from gaming outlets and uh, mm-hmm. other gaming journalists thank you uh, I think that what you do is a very good service online I think it's very factual and I think it's very important for people to hear uh, so thank you for coming on and thank you for making content. No problem. That is I appreciate also it.
1: the first and last time Adam will ever compliment you. Get ready for the pain.
3: <laughs> oh, <laughs> just going to be insults from here on out. No, I'm, I'm so totally ready. Like I have a YouTube channel. Come on, come <laughs> at me, bro. Oh, the comments, the comments. I'm ripped. Yeah, I'm, I'm already ready. I have been seared in the pain of, of a hundred thousand stupid comments on the PS4 video. <laughs> That that I just I just literally People give no yeah. shits anymore. People don't been, didn't like that video. No, no, and they were wrong. Why? <laughs> Why did they? And they, like they that video were from... wrong. Yeah. Okay. Huh. Here we go, Adam. Okay. So that video was a something I did very very early when I started my channel. It was called Five Reasons Not to Get Hyped for PS4. And this was way back when they first revealed the console in early 2013. Have any of you guys seen this video? Yes. Uh, okay. Many a time. I had a really bad haircut back then. I, I used some live-action footage. You're blaming the haircut? No, I'm not. Okay. I'm just blaming a culmination of features, of, of one elements, one okay. that, that offset the tone to a point where a lot of... I'm, I'm, I'm guessing what they are are either, like, very very young kids who remind me a lot of what me and my friends were like as kids rabidly defending the one console our moms bought for us or mm-hmm. or just like a kind of incendiary reaction against a piece of incendiary criticism about how the video game industry works mm-hmm. and I'm totally fine with, with the content that I put out because I don't feel like anything I said was necessarily wrong or unwarranted like you were saying earlier I tend to like try to take a more factual oriented approach in my video essays, but I mean what is or is not factual is like a whole You're not interested in balance, you're interested more in facts. You're interested in saying what it is as opposed to trying to give Well Well being fair. Any anything that you say at all is is gonna be affected by some sort of bias at some point. Like of course. What, what language do you think in in, in your inner monologues? <laughs> yeah. Uh... English. That that I, the English language carries words inside of it that I tend to think in Klingon have sometimes. a slight
0: bias towards a, towards the pro well, or con- yeah. con. and
3: and your your English or or Klingon culture <laughs> will will affect the biases that you carry with you that are just sometimes not even able to be uh, uh, translated properly so why stuff right. gets lost in translate anyways I guess video games <laughs> PlayStation video games. um a lot a lot of the the predictions that I made. I feel like kind of sort of came true. So, so most of the people commenting that on that
2: video didn't even seem to have actually watched the video. They just well, saw... yeah, that's how it
3: works. Yeah. I mean, this is the internet. This is 2015. People just read the headline and then go straight to the comment section. Yeah. And it's, it's really sad. Yeah. but, but I I'm... really hope no one just reads our headlines. Speaking because...
2: of uh, people just reading <laughs> headlines and getting knee jerk reactions. Uh, Devil's third got slammed by reviews in the US. Really? Why mm-hmm. is that? I I haven't read any of them, but I find it weird. Oh, oh, you haven't read them. Well, hmm? no, I've re- I've read the scores, but I haven't read the actual reviews.
0: He hasn't head. gotten
3: to the Yeah. House, I've just uh, to them, yeah. Think, so.
2: It's weird because uh, reception in Japan has been extremely good and even some of Europe's uh, reception has been pretty damn good to the game.
0: Right. Right. But
2: so far in the US, just everyone saying no, it sucks, it's probably the Wii use worst games. Do
0: you think that that might be just an American thing or do you think that is actually something that we're seeing that they're not? I mean, I don't want to say like do you think I... it might be like we we those reviews came earlier, we we saw them and we sort started to focus on other things that were not analyzed as well? It's strange possibly? because there's you... been
2: there's been other games that that has happened to. I think the greatest example being God Hand. Okay. Which is another crazy wacky uh Japanese beat up basically, that just got slaughtered in the U.S., but it's otherwise known as a cult classic. Mm-hmm. Either way, I'm definitely picking up a copy because it still looks incredibly fun, even if right, it is right. bad. I mean, even um, as You're of recent... to give it a shot. Yeah, even as of recent, Deadly Premonition was another one that had really terrible reviews, but everyone thinks it's fantastic. Which
0: what I mean, are, is... are, are people the really...
3: Oh, sorry. No, feel free now. I... I... But whenever I hear anyone talk about Deadly Premonition, it's kind of like the way I talk about The Witcher. Like they say, it's By the so way, bad, it's great.
0: I need a. I want to ask you something because I have an unpopular opinion about The Witcher. Surprise, surprise. The guy who doesn't like Ocarina of Time has not a popular opinion about video games. Um, the Witcher Two. I watched some of your videos, especially uh, the one, the one summarizing your points on the Witcher series, and I noticed you tend to avoid The Witcher Two. I don't
3: like The Witcher Two either.
0: You you told
3: me about this in an email, which is like weird to say because yeah, it is a really popular game, and the popular opinion, of course, is to like the popular game. Um, But The Witcher Two has a very, very unique problem that I feel like only a few games have that I don't really know how to eloquently talk about, and that is what happens when a story branches off into much more interesting directions than whichever direction you as a player are going to experience
0: well i think that well my issue with the witcher 2 and you, f- you can feel free to just like uh to debate this with me um i feel like the witcher 2 in particular didn't give us that rpg experience it, we, we we played a role, but in the way that an adventure game gives you a singular role, I felt that mm-hmm. uh, The Witcher 2 was very singular and linear in its path. Your choices didn't matter, and that might have been because of the fact that you're in this in-between area, in-between two stories, two very important areas of the story, that you were kind of trapped into needing to go in a certain direction.
3: Uh, how would that be different from other... Non sandbox RPGs. RPGs. Well,
0: I think that most of it was, and I think that this this may be a strange way to put it, but I guess the combat. I mean, you've you've uh you mentioned in your videos the idea that uh the game uh punishes you for not acting in the same way that Geralt or Geralt would. I, mm-hmm. I believe I can't. I'm never sure of how to pronounce his name, and I definitely felt that and felt that as a player, and that to me is the antithesis of an RPG. In RPG, you decide how you play it. There should be... There are options available. There's magic, spells, range attacks, close-up do, stuff. Do but you guys remember
3: be... when Zelda was considered an RPG? Uh, Way back yeah. when. Yeah, yeah, way back when. The the definition changes. It's In an extremely 90s. vague term by itself. Role-playing game, hmm? When I play Call of Duty, I'm playing the role of a cool dude soldier. But no, okay, Like that's just like super duper pedantic. I don't know. I remember when Fallout 1 was coming out there was a debate over whether or not it was an RPG. I guess the thing that the, the like vast difference I see in The Witcher 1 and The Witcher 2 and 3 in terms of how they both interpret what is an RPG differently is how the first game has an interface set up and a world design that is extremely similar to late 90s uh, Infinity Engine isometric RPGs like Baldur's Gate. Mm-hmm. There's a um, lot the of... Neverwinter Nights, that sort of thing? Right, right. Yeah, you you like interact the with kid. the world in, in a very similar way. The inventory system is similar. However, the character upgrade system is extremely different. There's mm-hmm. also an alchemy system, which was not actually in a lot of those old games. And it ends up having an interface that's like a traditional RPG, but a character build and character abilities that are very unique to being the Witcher. The conclusion that I come to in the reviews, of course, is that it's a system that's designed to make you role play as a Witcher in a role playing game called The Witcher. Which I think is a really interesting system that the other two games steer away from because they get a good deal more linear in their um, and and mm-hmm. much much more action oriented in their controls and interface.
0: And I think that but I think that um as a result, in the same way that Dead Space 3 was, was admitted that they're no longer a horror game and changed their they're genre. they thriller. Yeah, they changed it to thriller, which is, I, I'm not sure if there was a genre that was established in video games prior to that.
3: It wasn't. Yeah,
0: it was. But the fact is that they they made that step to, be, to admit that they weren't doing what they had originally set out to do. And I think The Witcher should no longer consider itself an RPG because they're not really doing what a role-playing game is. They're doing what an adventure game is, where you fill a singular role. They're not giving you an expanse of roles that you can uh, branch out into. I kind of that's so
3: my own my own personal definition for RPG is it really boils down to two factors: do you distribute points and do you roll dice? What's so <laughs> what's your requirements I mean, for being an that's RPG? That's way to put it. For me, I, yeah, it is. I think
1: uh, for me. Personally, I've come to, you know, I've come to look at role-playing games uh, a little more in, like, the linear style than, you know, what, you know, the open world that it should be. I, I say should because, you know, I like the the more open world type of games. But I'm more used to the ones where, sure, you distribute the points of uh your character, you know, whether you own, like, charisma, strength, all that jazz. Um, Just because I figure that's going to be, like, the, that's the new standard for RPGs nowadays. Mm-hmm. So it's like you were saying before. It is it's sort of it is changing throughout time and like the definition. I think it's changing whether like what the developers feel like is is okay with the current time. I'm not sure. Like Adam, you're you're an older player of RPGs, but I think yeah, there, where,
0: where me my definition really falls on games like Final Fantasy one, two, three, four, right, that sort of thing.
1: In comparison to you know this new up and coming generation of you know gamers, so to speak, where you know they're a lot of them are used to maybe the later fallouts or maybe like the new well, like I love the MMOs i and stuff games. and mm-hmm. stuff like that. I guess MMOs is different cuz MMOs is a little more like open world, I would say. Um but you know, just RPGs mm-hmm. in general, I think it's it's very, it's generational in a way. Um and it's going okay. to it's going to continue to be that way. Like who knows what right. in the next 10 years what RPGs are going to be. Maybe we can well, distribute I th- uh, other I think things it's because
0: the, the industry is so young, I think that that is actually a very good point that you're making that it is something that will be changing constantly, but I still Kind of, I'm trying. I I would like us to kind of concrete that as a as a community or as a as a as an industry that. I I honestly think. But that that maybe the Witcher is a
2: is a new genre that we haven't we haven't (laughs) discovered yet. Like Uh, how RPGs in Japan are JRPGs and. American RPGs are. Even Western JRPGs, RPGs? I, I feel like maybe both of
1: those have, are changing
2: themselves. Maybe The Witcher like, is near... S-RPG, SR- uh, Slavic I'm very, RPG. Very
3: <laughs> oh comfortable God. just calling it an action RPG for now. Yeah. Which is what a lot of people called Zelda back in the day. I just I mean, call back it. Back in the day. Mm-hmm. What's that? I would just call it an adventure game. Because it is an well, adventure game. When I think adventure game, I think of, of LucasArts point and clicks. And that's just, ooh, what am I gonna do if I think that?
2: Alright, here's here's the bottom line. The Witcher well, the, the, the is a, The thing is that uh... you could
0: describe it as a point-and-click in your description of an adventure, which is another mm-hmm. genre entirely All right, that has so like... a
3: very vague, misleading name for that genre.
2: <laughs> Ending the debate, it's an FPX, a first-person experience. <laughs>
1: honestly... But it's a third-person game! I feel like those are the only concrete <laughs> things we have, though. Like, FPS is third-persons, um, like, side-scrollers. Those are the only, like, concrete things, because they're so like minimalistic in a way that like you know you know exactly what you're getting into when
3: you get into those of the, the 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 very name they're giving the genre has a more narrow definition than adventure or role yeah. playing game yeah so i just I made mean,
2: reference to something that i no think one we may have dawned upon the fact there. that this
0: industry may have some issues with naming things and categorizing
2: speaking of the industry in weird terms uh okay good clint, i like this conversation clint hawking <laughs> the director of far cry 2 uh, returned to Ubisoft recently and he's hes not just known for making Far Cry 2, he also made up a term.
0: I'm really tempted to make Ludo a joke about the Far Cry and dissonance. coming back. Wait, is, is Colin, he the
3: caller What is
2: it? Ludo narrative dissidence. What the? F- dissonance. What does
3: I, that even mean? Yeah, what does that
2: mean? <laughs> <I don't, laughs> can can someone just, define that for us?
0: Like, I, will, I know I, what it
3: means. Okay. Oh, go ahead. No, it is, it's I mean, it's oftentimes made fun of, but it's also like fairly easy to define as just kind of a fancy way of saying dissonance oh you don't really need the ludo narrative there yeah so
0: the 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 lack of understanding or uh sorry uh symmetry between the game's uh story and the way it plays is basically you what talking about, correct
3: all right there, there it's not it's not hard <laughs> what okay
2: what indie film school do they pick up these far cry writers from <laughs>
3: Did you guys see the interview with the Far Cry 3 writer who got really angry that no one got it? (laughs) No one got Far Cry 3? No one got Far Cry 3. What what does he mean that no one got it? Probably the the theme of the game in general. Yeah, according to him, it was supposed to be so ridiculously... Uh, uh, over the top with, with machismo and testosterone that it was a critique of games with machismo and testosterone when he made a game that very very nicely fits into a genre that's completely comfortable with how full of machismo and testosterone it is therefore no I, one got it no one got the joke
0: I don't think that it was I mean uh, I don't think it was it was outrageous enough to define that as I think that some of the characters were poor I think that some
3: of wait, the for, for, were, Wait
0: for Far Cry Three.
3: No, you just you just didn't get it. They were poor on purpose. Don't you understand? Are you? you, you are the game, up, the, are you talking, talking about the, Far
1: Cry Three right now? Far yeah, 3. yeah. Far Cry Three is one of my favorite games Alice, of all time. Alice
3: in Wonderland. I
0: mm-hmm. like that game. I like a lot really of things about the game, it, but it I don't is, think that he defined that clearly enough from the beginning. If he if he at one point in the beginning made that obvious in some way. Uh, I tried, but not
1: good I didn't. Enough. I didn't feel like there was a. You didn't need to go into deep with Far Cry 3. I felt like the you know everything was sort of like in your face in a way. Like you knew exactly what was going on. You didn't need to dig deep. I didn't think it was just a, out
0: there. I didn't think it was. I, didn't <laughs> I guess consider, didn't get it. I wouldn't consider it an analysis. I just thought it was. It was just not taking itself seriously. I mean, you know, did, I I didn't. I thought that there were things about it that were pretty good. I thought it was pretty like it was a really interesting, I guess, interesting story about like. Descent into like becoming someone else that you really didn't want to be.
1: And I sure. thought that was pretty
0: neat. I but...
1: Can't we just make games just to play games and doesn't have to be deep and, you know, have an inner meaning? Like, what happened? What we... happened to the the simple style of just playing games just to enjoy? Why, why can't we have both? Computers got, yeah, computers <coughs> I got mean, better. Sure, you can have both. That's we why we have options. amazing graphics and, you know, you have cutscenes that are, but people well, don't Chris, even want cutscenes is... anymore. Well, well people Chris, the problem is that, that back in... at...
0: Chris, the back in the day they couldn't do any of that. They couldn't make any story because the game couldn't fit it. It didn't have enough memory. So now, and it's, they've always wanted to do that from the get go. I why guess every game had a story. It's just that's why a booklet had all the, the oh, story yeah. in it. Oh actually, the,
1: of the, the s- plot and everything. Speaking of which, I, I don't want to say like I, I'm not saying that I hate these, you know, these cutscene heavy cutscene games, like you know. Uh, excuse me, um, like the Order 1886 or the new one that just came out until dawn. I'm very interested in playing these things, whether they are cutscene the game or any of those types of things. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, like, I think we're going a little overboard with them. You know, like, when people are, like, trying to discuss themes and moods, I understand that from a writer's perspective, it's, like, they, that's what they're trying to define. Well, if in you're going to include
0: story in your I... game, it's, it's only fair to analyze it as a story. Right. I, and I think a lot of people do that with, been... like, The Last of Us and stuff. Like that. The
2: last couple of years have had some pretty, um, just, just not, just games that didn't care.
1: Mm -hmm. Like, didn't care in a bad way, or didn't care? Like, they were just making a game, and anything story-wise... The the
2: latter. Like, they didn't care in just being like, oh, why don't we tell a thrilling story? They were just like, why don't we just make silly video game, the video game?
0: Yeah. Which is why we got, like... Some games even even did both. I think Stanley Parable does a great job of doing both, where it makes just, like, a silly video game, but also makes something that's very kind of deep.
1: George, you were about to say that you, you... No, I mean,
3: I don't see why there just can't be a diverse market of different games appealing to different sensibilities, depending on what you're in the mood for. for. Yeah, Yeah, right. right. Because, I I mean, like, I don't know, like, video game stories as a baseline are almost always really shit. But that doesn't mean it has to continue. It doesn't have to continue. But the thing is, like, at this point, the only ones that really appeal to me are the ones that get, like, really endearing or sentimental about it, which Zelda does, or the ones that are just like hyper self-aware of how stupid video games are, and either runs with how, how silly all that is, which like a lot of um, uh, I, I don't know, Bayonetta, or use how silly and stupid video games are to make an actual like deep analyzable message that you can really actually dig into, which Metal right. Gear Solid and also Metal Gear Rising do. PyroShock did it.
1: I I like mm-hmm. I, I have a friend that always reminds me I think that, that Metal Gear Solid Two I believe is just a game about memes in general. <laughs> I just find it so funny because like what uh, one of the Metal Gear Solid games is heavily based around like <laughs> memes, but not the memes yeah, that yeah, we know two. today. That's, that's two? two. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. I, I always find it funny because like that game was I guess made before the meme culture, like the memes that we know today. Right, like looking yeah, that, back, that it,
3: word meant something really differently back then. Yeah, yeah, I just
1: found it so interesting. Like thinking back, like wow, if only they knew <sighs> what they were getting themselves into, like tw- yeah. ten years later.
3: Or maybe he did. Kojima predicted everything, according to D- Kojima and, fans. And he's being
1: super aware. And it was amazing. Like that. All right, I can give Kojima credit. Like all the credit in the world. It is for that super game.
3: amazing. They're not wrong about that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, the, the, Oh sorry No no
0: feel free to go I'm,
3: I'm... We, We've like dove straight off the Zelda cliff Do we talk oh, about Zelda on this podcast?
0: We've talked about it briefly but we haven't gotten into it yet um, I actually okay. wanted to get into that for a bit I wanted to ask Let's you guys it. Because uh, this topic really I think does fit Do you think and you mentioned it sentimentalism And Zelda is a big part of what they do I think that Zelda does strike a very good balance Of you know doing that adventure story Where you know you don't have to have a very Necessarily deep plot but it can be there And it doesn't have to really overshadow anything. I think in Zelda U, they're really focusing from what we've seen in the brief, brief gameplay that, and they've mentioned in several interviews that it's going to be focusing more on, you know, having the story littered about the world that you go and find.
3: I mean, um, I think that I th- works great for video games. I think I
0: think it works great in the spent setting. But I don't think that, like, it, you should necessarily have, like, billboards that you go walk up to, you press A, and then you have to read all this text, because that's also a bad way of doing it. I think games like Bioshock Infinite did it perfectly well, where you were encouraged to explore the area and you could watch and understand the world you were living in or you were going into. Uh,. I By think, just seeing the interactions, like the parade, it was a it was a perfect example. of how and if you're be if you're
3: enjoying that experience of uncovering the stuff and actually like interfacing with the game and playing with it to learn the plot, like that matters more than whether or not the plot is any good. I think, right? To, to no, like no, some you, degree, I
0: think that even that works itself. If uh, the player is motivated, the plot is good. That's the idea. Like a a, a good plot motivates. Uh, the reader or the the viewer into caring about the characters, into caring about the world, and by making you interested in going out and seeking the information, they've done exactly that. Because it's a video game, not a yeah. storybook. I think specifically, yeah, it has certain uh, it has certain uh, leeway that other mediums don't have. And and
1: I guess because I was talking about this with a friend today, uh, we were talking about like Bethesda games specifically. Uh, three different examples. One we were talking about the Wolfenstein, the new the two newest ones. Um, that's the the New Order and a wolfenstein old blood in old blood i'm pretty sure there's a moment where you can go in the game behind some guards and they're discussing grammar as mm-hmm. if they were grammar nazis becoming the most <laughs> meta moment like ever in in wolfenstein history like, where, this where right.
3: they they argue about preserving the purity of their beautiful language
1: <laughs> yes i'm like this is great like and you wouldn't have you wouldn't be able to find it if you didn't pay attention
2: i um, i loved um the New Order and The Old Blood. Mm-hmm. I, I thought they yeah. were great. Very good game.
1: Were... I don't even... I mean, they were trying to tell, like, I guess a story, so to speak, but like, I feel like they weren't trying to go too deep into, like, you know, meaning of things, I felt like. It
2: has as much okay. story as any, like, Tarantino movie. Like, it's just... Uh, imagine
1: Glorious Bastards the game. How, well... How great.
2: Gearbox was supposed to give us that, but... Mm-hmm.
1: It's okay if they didn't. Um, Another example, and in, in, I think it was Fall New Vegas, because we were talking about Indiana Jones... There's one part in New Vegas where you can go and find a, um, I think it's, uh, like, what is it? What are the, like, a refrigerator from, like, the 1950s? I guess oh, they're based in the yeah. future. And, and uh... you see dead Indiana Jones in the refrigerator, kind of like mm-hmm. an homage to Indiana Jones in the crystal skull, because he should have died in yeah. the freaking refrigerator. Did, um...
2: That's, yeah. um, but that's with a perk on. Is that with per- Oh, yeah, I think yeah, that the, is. Yeah, the Strange the- Wilderness Perk. Yeah. But like Wild that. Wasteland. It's, it's, yeah, it's those things in games. But Strange Wilderness. <laughs> I love It's pretty them. much the same thing. I, yeah, you're right. <laughs> I guess what it is, it's, it's w- Wacky I guess West. <laughs> Easter eggs in general, those are like the sentimental things. Funny video game, the perk. <laughs> <Speaking> <laughs> Entertaining of, story. Speaking of funny video games, George and I have been playing way too much Splatoon.
0: The
3: oh? Squid Kid Adventures. Oh yeah, we
2: never
0: asked what you guys have been playing this week. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> we just got straight into it. Uh, uh, yeah, S- why so much? Why so much
3: Splatoon? Because it's, it's,
2: it's hard, a time hard not to. Yeah.
3: yeah, it's a time thing. Well, it's that really you just weird playing. It, it, it. But the thing <laughs> is, we were doing it so wrong that night when we just marathon through five straight hours of Splatoon. <laughs> yeah. Because they clearly don't want you playing it for five hours because they rotate two. Or three or four, depending on if you have the mm-hmm. other modes unlocked. Maps on like an every four hour basis. Mm-hmm. So the idea is that you play for like twenty either minutes. for a long time and get good at these two maps, or play a little bit each day and therefore feel like you have more diversity of maps experienced. Over time of each map experienced one at a time. Right. And also, they don't want you changing your gear while looking for new matches to play. You have to exit out of a menu past two loading screens in order to get to your inventory screen, and your gear drastically changes your play style. Yeah. So when we were playing for five hours straight, we ended up playing with most of the same gear on the same, the whole time, and on the same two maps for the whole time. So you got really good at those two maps. (laughs) We, we did. And, yeah. I mean, there's, like, some merit in that. It's just, like, a really weird interest in a yin and a yang. I don't know if it's, like, a good or a bad thing. But oh, it's, I like, don't could they be I'm punishing you or could Sport they be encouraging
0: you to just kind of sit there and keep playing for an hour like, and a half?
3: Like, it's, it's neat that I can reliably play a map that I like for a long time. It, it like, levels the playing field in a way that disregards how much you care for your own personal preferences
2: but at the same time it gets annoying because the leveling up system is super slow
3: yeah very very slow leveling
2: so if you actually want to do anything else the game has to offer like the rank new matches, gear get you have new to modes it take, take forever to get there so
3: so you have to marathon it in, in at least a lot all at once or in little bits over time mm-hmm. and it's like just hard to know which would be more fun <laughs> Like they seem to want you to play it in little bits over Mm -hmm. a long time, but even though we played it for five hours straight that night, we still had a blast. Yeah, their their design be damned.
2: (laughs) Well, it didn't help that Splatoon has the uh, the greatest video game weapon of all time.
3: The the slosher. I will let you do yes. The the describe the slosher. What's it's, so great
2: about the slosher? It's it's a bucket.
3: It's it's literally well, what is a not bucket. so great about the slosher is is a better question. <laughs> <laughs> Why it's is basically that? the game's equivalent of a shotgun. Oh yeah. my god, you yes. just throw the bucket Except, over everything. Yeah. Okay. Except instead of being anything that looks like a shotgun, it's just a bucket of fluids that you slosh on bad guys. It,
2: it's pretty much the equivalent of a bucket full of like buckshot, buckshot. You, know, you know that
3: was,
0: you know that was an intern that day that it was just like, all right, I need a new idea for something, or else they're gonna kick me out. And just like bucket, and they're like, perfect. Well, I
2: mean, there's also paint brushes and, and. Did they say perfect, Adam? I'm sure they said, oh, that'll do.
3: God, like. <laughs> but it turned out to be the most entertaining weapon concept in the yeah, whole game. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Like, we were laughing our asses off when we found the sloucher. I was, the I was sloucher. always a fan of the, of the
1: roller. I like the rollers. The roller's oh, great. Oh, the roller's
3: so cool. Yeah,
1: I, I'm like, oh, that's, as soon as I saw it, when I first got the game, like, a, a few weeks ago, I was like, oh, this is the coolest looking weapon in the entire game. I
3: don't think I've seen the bucket yet. Um, you also immediately know what the roller is for. Yes. Yeah. Oh my god. Like, like they convey the purpose of that weapon in its design, and a lot of the other Splatoon guns don't do that. The bucket does it, the roller yeah. does it. I don't understand but the everything idea of like the Splosher does a, it, a but you just don't expect gun. it
2: to actually do what you
3: think it's
1: yeah. going to do. Like, they're, they're it's like too like good to be true sort of thing? Yeah. I, I just,
2: yeah. I didn't know. I mean, I, just,
1: I understand like the Splattershot Jr. And, and all the other stuff, but like the sniper. Do they really need that in in a game where well, you know
0: it's it, paint? Well, it didn't make sense at first. It makes sense when you when you factor in the addition of the the machine gun. I I mean, I figure a machine gun's way more useful The gatling gun. Well, it yes, but at the same time the the sniper rifles a great way to counter that. It's I, it's a good like Oh, well, how about, like, it's a good way to just get rid of that guy who's going to be taking, yeah. mowing down your teammates. I mean, I get, I'll never have a good enough team in
1: Splatoon anyway, so, you know. <laughs> well,
3: oh, Splatoon you gotta hit up we'll... that squad battle. Yeah.
0: Uh, yeah. I, you you can make King a the Hill team now.
3: Yeah, you can you can circumvent the yeah, sh- yeah of how bad all the people you play Splatoon with will be now. They, I, they only took them two months, I th- but they did it. I think I said this
1: on this podcast before, but uh, you know when, how you can see, like, some of the artwork people make in Splatoon? Mm-hmm. i i saw one one time where it's just like I, I want my splatoon team to let me down one last time into my grave
3: <laughs> i saw one that said i want to go to a vacuum store so i can see some things that suck less than my splatoon team
0: <laughs> that's oh great my God. that's wonderful um but anyway i hate to cut the conversation short on that but would you guys like to get one of our fan topics Oh, okay. uh, we'll get it into something like a little bit. I haven't Zelda been playing anything new, anyways. So it's, it's going to be Z- we played uh, Civ last night together. With, yeah, we uh, did. Some people. And we I got did. to listen in as my friend Dan, uh, Dan Jones, who was on this podcast, was suffering with what I usually deal with, which is thousands of barbarians swarming his lands. So and then I'm... again, that guy had like five cities up already.
1: Yeah, I went. I I, know, so I found the entire world in our game, and like Jesus, he has like ten different cities. I don't know how. He he's ten. Spread. Well, not oh ten, but like he had like five, but none of them were
0: connected. So he was already screwed up. <laughs>
3: Also, there's some, think... some advantage to having barbarians on your ass the whole time. Yeah, you, you could. Yeah, you, you can monetize that, but he wasn't. experience, man, yeah. He,
0: he wasn't really monetizing that, and that was the problem. He was losing. Um, you gotta
3: monetize your barbs. Do you play Civ? Oh, yeah. We should play it sometime, then. I uh, really love 4 and 5. I haven't played the ones before that, but... As I long as you have like... 5 and you
1: have all the DLC, you should play with us.
3: Right. I, I also reviewed Beyond Earth last year. And and I was disappointed, but I still had whatever fun there was. Didn't they just release a new expansion for it? Uh, Yeah, I think. Did they just release it, or is it still incoming?
1: I thought they released it like maybe a week, or a few weeks ago,
3: or maybe this. It's so weird because it might make the game good. That's how Civ works. Yeah, but at the same time, the
0: game like that game is so different than every other Civ game in a lot of ways, and I'm not sure if I like it yet. I'm not sure if I like it for what it is. I don't. Let's I know see. I don't like it as a Civ it's, it's game, not, as
1: a it's sequel. It's not Five. that I'm afraid of the whole idea of like the future idea, like what they're trying to pull. But I, I like the gimmick of Civ Five way more than I do like the the futuristic type stuff.
3: Right. It, I right. think the historical setting's more fun. Yeah. Than mm-hmm. than a fiction setting.
0: Yeah. I mean, and it's not it's, that I don't like fiction. It's just, it's... and it's just the the technology tree makes more sense. Yeah, I don't like
1: reading things I don't understand. I like the fact Mm -hmm. that I know what technology is, and I know what building iron and you know animal husbandry. That that all makes sense to me. I don't know what this. You know
3: what a gun is. You know what a paint roller is. I know paint paint roller. I have no idea what this weird chemical
0: Z is, and I don't know why it's going to hurt me. Do you want to build
3: a a xenodome or a xenomass refractory? Yeah, Uh, what what (laughs) what is what is all that? It's gonna cost it's a, you 4,000 splurgle those points. Are decisions. Civilization beyond slush. Monetize your splurgle
0: gurbles. <laughs> your splurgle. If they want to make another expansion to Civ 5, I'll buy, it. I'll purchase the that as- thing. The Assessor Rasser Corporation wants to trade some splurgles for your, for your minotrifes. What, what did you, did you, you say? You've been a tribe of yeah. Anyway, to the fan topic. <laughs> yeah, um, fan topic. Woohoo. We should have fan topic music. We don't. That works. If anybody wants to send that to us, you can. Just play the uh, uh, Monday Night Football theme. No. <laughs> How about the one- Night Anyone one-
2: watching this podcast won't
0: recognize anyway. So I-, I will. I will one up you and say the Monday Night Lights uh, or Friday Night Lights uh, opening theme. as just the fan topic theme. <laughs> There go. all right remember the titans the
2: theme is gonna be our fan topic <laughs> anyway. i'm still laughing about monday night football for
3: zelda fan
0: copyright strike adam uh, yeah, we gotta be careful with that uh joseph asks uh some uh something i've been tossing around in my head is the idea of underworlds so what are your thoughts on that what are your thoughts that Low and Termina are actually the same place? According to gameplay and box art, both these worlds are underneath Hyrule. Maybe with the return of the Triforce, Low is able to progress faster than Hyrule to more technologically advanced to the more technologically advanced Termina. Thank you for your topic, Joseph. Uh this is one of two. The other one's a little bit darker, we're gonna get that on later. Uh but what do you think about this one? It's I mean obviously this is stuff that Nintendo I think is pretty much disproven, but it's it's still an interesting subject because of the location of both these places. Um I think he brings up a good point. Uh, I didn't understand the question necessarily. He's basically saying that low roll and Termina could be the same place. Oh, what do we um, think if they are? Like, yeah, or they uh, but be? he's mostly focusing on the fact that uh, maybe with the return of the Triforce, roll is able to progress faster than Hyrule to the more technologically advanced Termina. Do you think that's possible with the Triforce? I mean, the Triforce is like this weird magical thing that grants right. wishes. Uh, At the same time,
1: kind of... I just don't feel like you could choose your wish I want low Rule to be to be like Termina. I don't feel like it's it works that way.
0: Well no, I think it, 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 he's asking do you think that they might have wished for, you know, it, Oh, to become to, be, be to par, become better and to become and, on par with uh with high Rule. I, I do think that uh Termin, Termina has better technology in comparison. Um I always, I like the idea that
1: it could be I feel like they it would have went a different route though. Not necessarily the same exact as Termina.
3: Okay. Um, okay. Majora's is a it's just like one notch more steampunky than Ocarina.
0: Yeah. I mean, if you the, the knock <laughs> that steampunk. You could, argue, you could argue that Hyrule may be at that same point based on where after the Ocarina that Majora takes place. Because it does take place right afterwards. So you could say, well, maybe within that time frame they also had gotten to that point. It's just we didn't see it because, you know, we were kind of dealing with the whole adventure and going into the wilderness sort of thing. Uh, We saw maybe like, what, four towns? In uh, uh, Ocarina of Time, including uh, Hyrule Castle, and uh, you have the the
1: lake thing. I apologize for my not the uh, fishing lake. What yeah, about? on Lake yeah.
3: Hyrule, there's just a hut with a weird guy in it, and then the fishing mini game. That's no, like
1: everywhere in Hyrule. Hi- no, that's not, like every Zelda Hyrule. game. There's
3: always a weird guy with a fishing hut.
1: What is the one lake? I I can't believe this. I'm pulling a blank on this one. I don't know. Lake Hylia? But yeah, Lake Hylia. I'm trying to think. There's the Gerudo Valley. There's Mm -hmm. uh, Kakariko Village,
0: and and
3: Gerudo Valley might count as a town. The only deal is that all the inhabitants are hostile at first. They don't like you
0: at first. They don't like you. I don't like you either.
1: You'll be dead.
3: (laughs) You know, Zora's Domain might count as a town. Yeah, I would consider it. That's the thing. Any place place with a a shop, any place with a shop, really. There are plenty of towns in Ocarina Time, you just don't think about it because they're racially segregated. Pretty much. You got the Kokiris way down behind because they're just Kokiri. They can't Elf help Elf people,
0: it. kind of. Goron
3: City, note it's not named anything else city. It's a city only for Gorons, apparently. Well, I mean, they don't have any other resources other than rocks, and that's everything I don't everything necessarily Goron think Jews. that no one Their else Their houses are made of
0: rocks, they eat rocks, They they wear rocks i'm they assuming wear rocks what if it was like rock fashion weekly like and like their designer rock fashion weekly and the only kind of music they listen to is uh african tribal
3: <laughs> come come to think of it termina is also much more diverse than than High Rule. like you go it's to Clocktown, and you have every culture represented oh my almost. god in Clocktown, they have a goron staying in a place that is made for people and you have a, and a thriving inner city community of Deku Scrubs who stick together despite the prejudice. I, oh, well, I mean, you know, I still feel like they don't like people. So, do let... you think
0: that Termina is the Europe to to Hyrule's America, where like everything is kind of spread apart, and as, and uh, Europe is kind of this like condensed population?
1: I don't necessarily think Ocarina is Eastern based. Europe. Is Ocarina based off of Eastern Eastern Europe?
0: No. So? I wouldn't think so. I, I'm, it's purely speculation at this point. <laughs> All right. Um, I wouldn't I, I even like... begin to like say, yeah, that's, that's definitely true. Um, uh, that would, <laughs> no, be... no, actually, I, I like the idea
1: though. Maybe Ocarina itself is based off of maybe the geographically the whole, the world in, in a way, like, you know, the U.S., the, the Asia's, Although the, you could argue South the America's. opposite because of the idea. I just say that because like the different types of people coming from different places <laughs> and then America is kind of like everywhere. Everyone's kind of here. We're all mixed mm-hmm. and everything. George, right? having fun? That's what Majora's Mask is. I
3: enjoy seeing how far we can stretch the lore taffy. I, I mean,
1: <laughs> I'm I'm still chewing a little bit, so I don't know like how far I could stretch it. But I mean, like that, it doesn't seem too Im- impossible necessarily.
3: Well, okay, like compare the racial makeup of the the central town in Hyrule and and Clock Town in Majora's Mask. In Clocktown, you have the little Deku scrubs everywhere. You have a great fairy living in a hole nearby. Clock Town is go... New
0: York, and, and Ocarina of Time is Texas. I always find that... It I is always the find Hong it really...
3: Kong of Zelda. <laughs> Might
0: I, like, sidetrack for a bit? I always find it really weird that fairies live in caves, considering they can fly, and caves have, like, solid I mean, roofs. Adam, have you ever
1: met a real fairy person? No. They don't, no, play, I think, I, they don't I, go out in public. I've met Colin, and he's kind of mas- magical standards. in his own way. What? Oh. <laughs> he doesn't... I, I just thought of a bad thing.
2: I don't know if it's podcast Anyway,
0: <laughs> let's
2: The reason why I've been silent this entire question is because I I don't think about <laughs> the geopolitical ideologies of Zelda. I just I just, just like It's like when Link swings his sword and then things happen and it's great. Video games are swell. Dude.
3: But what about what about that time when uh, Skull Kid gives you the Deku Scrub mask, and you notice that all the other masks in the game are based off of some dead representative of whatever race, and then you, you remember at the beginning there's a little dead tree Deku Scrub that looks like the mask and you're like, oh.
2: Yeah, I, I do. <laughs> I also remember that one of them was Pikachu for whatever reason.
3: The hmm. Keton mask, yeah. yeah. You, you also had a, a talking three-tailed fox furry guy living in Clocktown.
1: Yeah. Oh, I thought that was an actual fox. I, didn't know. It I was don't think world that's a car- That's not a furry.
3: A well, I don't. Yeah, I, we're stretching the word. Anthropomorphic. I don't think um,
2: furries existed way back when.
1: Well, anyway, foxes don't
3: speak in English. <laughs> um, I mean, with, I feel with like the
2: power of the mask, he could understand the fox. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. I just happen to know a lot about Star Fox, and I take great offense to what you just said. <laughs> Do you guys Listen, think we're taking this a little bit too far? A little bit, yes, maybe. It well, That reminds
0: me of the other fan topic this guy brought up. Uh, oh and god I, I hate I, this I, one I, I love that you guys <laughs> have in, fallen into my trap of, of taking things too far Um Hey, guys, I'm a big fan of the show and came up with a few topics you might like to discuss. Uh, I know this may be a controversial topic. I'm sorry, with by you, the way. Simmer to, down to there, my buddy. boss, but I, we need to talk about this. But I thought it may be appropriate to discuss. Two men tried to bring a 12-gauge shotgun and AR-15 rifle into the Pokemon Championships Jesus. in Boston last week. Adults playing video games is becoming more culturally acceptable. Do you think that this will increase the threat of attacks at large gatherings such as Comic-Con or similar events? Joseph. Thank you again, Joseph, for your topic. Um... This is something that I feel like we should talk about. I think that it is actually it is actually worth mentioning. You know, the idea that do you think that people are taking video games too far, and do you think that this is you know hurting the industry with oh, correlation? I actually have a and, really
1: I have a really good thought about this because you know what happened in this situation. This entire thought has went into my mind because the fact that the the police were able to like find out they were tipped about you know these tweets and they searched the guys as mm-hmm. they got there. That just goes to show how like good of a sort of like a, you know, an entertainment community that we just have in general. We were Mm -hmm. lucky enough to find out that they posted these things online for people to find and tell someone about this.
0: Right. So if the
1: same type of situation happens to something like Comic Con or something, you know, like the Paxes and all these other trade shows as Colin hates, um, I feel like (laughs) if these things go on social media, then People are, the police, FBI, any of the, you know, the, the, special forces, even the, the National Guard, they will react and they will, it will be swift about it because POTUS. People don't. Yeah. POTUS doesn't want this thing's ruined. They, they, they don't want these things ruined, honestly. We, we, yeah, so gonna... we don't want any of these things, things gone. And we just need, uh, it's, it honestly depends on the situation. I feel like it, we're, it's more viable to attacks, yes. But, um. Mm-hmm. It, it all depends on like how we assess the situation.
3: Right. I, I the, the way this phrase is... The, the way this is, is phrased kind of kind of makes me confused and worried. In what way? Adults playing video games is becoming more culturally acceptable. Do you think that this will increase the threat of attacks at large gatherings such as Comic-Con right. or similar I think events? Because what adults I think are usually he, the ones to attack.
0: I, I think he means... I think the idea is just the... Uh, the idea that you know growing popularity means a growing... Uh, Diverse population of opinions and reactions to things so you're more likely to get crazy people in a group in a room full of 100 people than a room
3: full of 10 Right It's not about video games or adults playing video games It's about the access that mentally unstable adults have to copious amounts of guns and ammo I, my,
0: my question my my reason for bringing this up is not is not to try and incite that sort of debate My reason for bringing this up is more to make it clear to people who the like to ask this question because Josh Joseph this is a great question and the reason that I want to bring this up is because I want to make sure that people understand that distinction where the argument is it has nothing to do with video games it has nothing to do with the industry it's somewhere else it's not it's not this industry but it is a concern when you have larger groups of people that some people are going to be violent and you have to understand that that the video game populace is not a singular mindset
1: like this, like what the, what's what's the difference between the the video game populace and then people at schools? You know, like it's, so it's, it's no. I think, it's just, a, I think everyone it's, plays video games I think anyway. So why? I think bother? it's the
0: same. I think it's the same way. I think it's. I think it's no, the no, same that's thing the, to just. That, that's what I'm saying. I'm agreeing. with I you. I just want to say that you know you can't just blanket these groups of people. As a gamer, I you can't be blanketed into a group into an ideology or a group. Regardless of whether you're at the Pokemon Championships or Comic-Con or anything, even if you're at a small club that feels the same way about one particular game, even if you're at ZeldaInformer.com, we don't all agree on the same issues. We don't all agree on the same theories. Most of us don't even agree what Sheik's gender is. Why it's it's not something that you can just say that this is something that you know will affect all people. I just want to make sure that people understand that as the group gets bigger, there's going to be more de- uh, there's going to be more dissent. And that this conversation has nothing to do with video games; it has more to do with things outside of the gaming industry, outside of entertainment.
3: I, I'm much more comfortable arguing about Sheik's gender than I am about the possibility of tens of people dying. I think right, that, no, that, no. That, I, I, just, I feel like that is that is like a societal that's, improvement. That's yeah, no. I think if, that's if, I think that's, if that it, becomes an issue. I think it's, it's a healthier it's obsession, worth. honestly.
1: Don't go to places and don't do bad things. Listen to the ZI podcast and we'll teach you all the good stuff.
3: If you're to... by yourself, no one can shoot you there. <laughs> all, right. all right. This is why I
0: like single-player games. You don't have to interact well, with anyone who could possibly hurt you. Good. Anyway. And become more anti-social. That was really all I wanted to say on this topic. Can we go, I... can
2: we, can we go back to talking about buckets and Splatoon? All
3: right. Uh, yeah, have- yeah that, oh, th- th- we- that's an optimistic future where, where instead of shooting people, they slosh discussion. People.
0: Adam. Well, actually, let me ask you a question that has, it's another one of our fan topics. Mike asks, his old and former podcast, Mr. Miyamoto, said that. nintendo will be open to movies and tv shows for nintendo but i think that nintendo should make a metroid movie Star Fox movie f-zero movie pikmin movie or even a little mac movie but not a mario or zelda movie slash tv show what do you think thanks for reading my email and uh i have to ask like what do you think about like a splatoon tv show or a splatoon uh here's
2: here's what i'm gonna say i can see a
0: splatoon sitcom unfortunately Uh, here's what
2: i'm gonna say no to all of these (laughs) because while the uh, this this goes with every video game movie while the, idea, Seinfeld. while the while the idea of a really good video game movie is a lovely thought, uh, the 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 Hollywood production cycle uh, mm-hmm. and how many people all these things have to go through, a good video game movie is just not going to happen.
3: Right. I don't know. I mean, I think not, it could not to say that it's like it, Silent Hill was. Yeah. It was. It... I don't know if I want to call it good or not, but it definitely was not less than good. Yeah, what like, movie? I the first Silent Hill. Okay. I,
2: I wouldn't say it's not impossible. Um,
3: yeah. But like. Well, that's that's it, any it would, movie really. It would I have think. Have to
2: be really um like it would have to kind of fall through the cracks of the Hollywood be system. Be an
3: exception. Yeah, I right? mean, that's I don't
2: that's, know. There's... That's
0: how that's how really Hollywood works. Is that the the ones that are good usually just tend to like get lucky it,
3: that they didn't get edited with to, too much.
2: And it still has to be able to hit every single chord that someone, a fan of the game, would want it to hit. And even then that's completely subjective. Well, that's that's
0: a transfer of any medium to any different work. I mean, the Witcher series is based on a book series. Yeah. And, George, you have said yourself that you believe that it's uh, a, a really good addition to the, to the books. Or you think that it's actually... I I mean, it's, it's like a, a good when,
3: adaptation. There's yeah. a lot of
0: I mean Halo was
1: a game
3: so
0: and then Halo has its entire book series that is completely
3: And people canon love the book the...
1: series. It's completely canon to the games. So it's yeah. like
3: However, the Witcher games are not canon to the books. Which doesn't hold them back though. Yeah. Like it's, they really it's, it's a one-way street in that regard. The the author really doesn't like the Witcher games, but the Witcher game authors really don't give it. A... Yeah. They they love the books regardless. And do what they can to to make them come to life. I think in a more. I, think, the more two, vibrant, I just think it's a funny, I think the, funny the, distinction. The two
2: main issues is trying to cram eight hours or, or more of a fantastical video game world into one and a half hours. Like one and a half hours of a non interactive well, I think
0: that the, sit down and watch. Well, and I think that the, the problem is that you're trying if you try to take the exact plot from one of the games and put into movie format you're you're essentially mm-hmm. butchering what the idea is i think it's yeah. better especially with like yeah. characters who go on multiple adventures like mario is a great example of a character that they could have done a really good job with because of the fact that he has multiple adventures multiple worlds you could focus on a smaller adventure of his and make that a movie at the
2: same time i'm also going to bring up the second issue and i'm going to bring up what george said earlier is that most video game stories are kind of just not good mm-hmm, exactly and, i mean while Bioshock's story, you know, the, the first couple, work as pretty good, you know, decent games in movie form, it'd be awful.
1: Well, now you have and, upcoming and... things like the Assassin's Creed movie, the World of Warcraft movie, yeah. you have God knows what. The, the, well, the to Warcraft be a metal... movie
0: doesn't focus on the story of World of Warcraft. It focuses on uh, a certain part. Right, of, like the uh, Assassin's the Creed Chief movie is... has nothing
1: to do with Desmond Miles. It has, it's yeah. new characters, same sort of idea, but like, I have no idea how, they, how they're going to I mean, I can assume it's going to be very similar to the games.
3: There's supposed right. to be a Metal Gear Solid movie coming out, and that, like, beautifully exists, or, or, like it's exemplifies just... the problem that I think is number one when turning video games into movies, and that is that video game plots are, are 90% of the time just yeah. dumb. Like, well, literally, let's... if you try to make a direct adaptation, it's going to make a stupid story for a movie, because well, the movie is, is more of a story medium than game. Good and... video
0: game writing is such a low bar because no one has set the rules of engagement for it. No one has set these are the things you need to follow. These are the these are the steps, these are the checkboxes that you kind of need to hit in order for it to be quality. I'm not saying that you have to have these certain elements but you need to understand you need to follow abide these certain rules in the same way that books and movies have those rules and those are followed. I honestly think it's
1: mainly because like you don't need heavy like such heavy story like writing in there because it's it's followed up with gameplay. Right, but you need
0: to make it quality. Don't don't focus on quantity. You don't have to have like a deep story. You just need to have a good solid story. I'm talking
1: talking about I, I mean specifically the quality. Like they're reaching a certain quality that they need just to go with the game. Well that's
0: what uh that's what Uh, Kojima tries to do every time he moves a game. It's also strange
2: because a lot of um, the bigger video game movies also just completely miss the point of the games they interpret into movies. Like, Battleship had nothing to do about a board game. Well, no, not just that. Like, for example, Doom is a game that has no story. It's very simple. It's Lone Marine on Mars kills demons from hell. And all of a sudden when it's a movie, it becomes like five dudes shooting aliens on the moon.
0: It's funny because Doom, you could totally see being a, just one guy b- battling demons. That that sounds yeah. like a regular movie to me. That sounds like a, a very typical action movie, you know, popcorn flick. They so just I don't, they just title it. We
2: Resident, the Resident Evil movies are so that's, just taking like every storyline, like just different points of each game, and just kind of like molding them and, and hoping that they work when all just right. slammed right. together for no reason. But
0: I don't think that's necessarily like. Some, that's unavoidable. Like the way you make it sound, you make it sound like it's an unavoidable uh, outcome every single time. That it's Wait, never going to be possible. So
2: far, it has.
0: Right, it's but been weird. But a lot of a lot of genres and a lot of a lot of mediums have their faults. A lot of adaptions have their issues. I mean, heck, the the Great Gatsby interpretation from a couple years back was horrid. It was it was a complete uh, mutation of the book. It was a complete mutation of Fitzgerald's message, and yet. We've been doing adaptations from books to movies for years.
2: Yeah. It's, it's it going to happen. This and reminds it's me gonna of a ha- conversation. And the quantity
0: will shift slowly from all of them being bad to some of them being good, most of them being bad, to then finally most of them being good, some of them being bad.
1: This reminds me of a video, actually, that you can find on YouTube. Uh, it's like a few years back. It was a conversation between J.J. Abrams and Gabe Newell discussing storytelling in video games and in film. Um, They bring up points, like J.J. Abrams brings up points about why the storytelling in uh, Half-Life was very less immersive um, compared to, like, you know, the stories that J.J. Abrams tried to convey when he did uh, one of his first, like, what was the Handicam film he did way back in, like, 2007? Cloverfields. Yeah, they were, like, just using the – they were just comparison. I think they were just, you know, kind of joking with each other in a way. But this was at, like, an industry event. They were discussing uh, these things. I think it's – a lot of people should go and actually watch this, um, little panel they, they did. I think it was, it's very important to understand both the story, the type of storytelling that is included in b- movies and in video games and why it's, mm-hmm. it's hard to, to transition the, the two. And it's, it's right. actually, it's kind of funny because there was rumors that... or confirms that like JJ J. Abrams may do a Portal movie or a Half-Life movie. You can even look mm-hmm. in his IMDb. It says like unconfirmed, but it's still in the year that he said he would do, he would do them.
0: I think that the biggest problem is and it's something that's like at the root of the issue uh, is just that we need a we need to demand out of our writers better video game stories. We need to be- demand a better or more cohesive plot. I've been talking I've talked to Colin about this. All like probably half of our conversations revolve around this subject of video game writing because it bothers me. It genuinely does bother me where most of the games try to reach this middle ground and t- end up failing on all fronts instead of being Simple and to the point, or being complex and very interesting and very R- introspective. Writers. What, what, what do
1: you guys think about, like, an example, like, of, um, the, like, Naughty Dog game, specifically the last one, uh, The Last of Us? Like, a lot of people, like, you know, they put that on a high pedestal because they feel like the writing in that game was just almost close to perfect. Gonna well,
0: be honest, I still
3: haven't played it, so I can't really comment on it. It's, it's also, like, writing in a game doesn't just scale up by itself in the cutscenes like writers have to work with the rest of the development team on every level which makes it a very different process i was playing through max Payne 3 this weekend for example oh yeah and i was really bothered by how long the cutscenes were and that's because the cutscenes were disguised loading screens they had to make the cutscenes in this game extra long in order to account for how long a level would take to load which Mm -hmm. meant that they had to write for longer cutscenes if you're ever Wait. playing like a third person shooter, Uncharted is a great example where your character will stop running and walk and talk instead. That's oftentimes because they are streaming in a new section of the level and the writers just have to pull something out of their butthole for it. Like mm-hmm. like the, the, the limits and requirements problem, of the, the technology. The problem is there that
0: what, what's becoming, what, what becomes an issue is that Writing is taking that that second wheel, or that that it's t- it's taking a back end to development, and what I mean by that is just that, like you've just perfectly described. You know, they're like, well, you know, we're gonna give them the short end of the stick because they're the writers. Who cares? Mm-hmm. Um, and instead of just being like, no, let's just have a loading screen, because honestly, it'll if it if it's you know what people will forgive a loading screen if it means that the story and the game will be that much better.
3: Yeah, they I think will. they'll forgive
0: it. I they're mean- not gonna. Like a, a seventeen minute loading screen is a huge problem. That's a bad. That's a badly developed game. I honestly don't
1: think there's been any game with the seventeen minute loading screen. Well, there that's is. What, what shame I, what on I mean, them.
0: What I mean oh. is that you know you you really shouldn't have to stretch these things out. You really shouldn't expect to stretch things out. And if you need to, that's what directing is for. That's what the director the 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 cinematography that you have that you you have this ability that a lot of other games don't have. I mean, a lot of other uh, mediums don't have with how you can present the information. How you can show people things. I, I like, feel like a good
1: case of, like, a, it's well-balanced, and I, I apologize, I just want to say this really fast, um, is maybe it's the South Park game, the Stick of Truth. Mm-hmm. Everyone is, you know, it's, one, I personally, I think it's well-balanced between sort of like, it's just like an episode in the way like the way it plays out, and the game is there.
0: It's, it's a very seamless transition. Exactly. It's, it's, it looks like an episode of South Park that you're interacting with.
3: Yeah. And also with an engine that is just 2D cardboard sprites moving yeah. across a 2D background. I I mean I much, guess they got lucky much less, with that one. Much less, less much less rigorous technically. Right. Than 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 many other genres. I really like a feature that they built into Pillars of Eternity where when your character has to do an action, the the animation system or the art assets might not be able to account for they just flat out show a a little vague black and white concept art while describing it as if it's a choose-your-own-adventure novel, which Hmm. ends up letting the writers get away with writing what they want to write for this scene, which is oftentimes the same thing, that there's probably a lot of overlap between the developers because they can literally just put a usable object that makes a storybook story happen. And -hmm. it also allows the whole game as a whole to have more branching choices than right. a lot of others of its genre because well, games
0: like uh like uh Infamous, uh, the first one specifically used comic book uh, art for its cutscenes. So uh, did uh, Max that, Payne. Even right? No, that, I mean like Infamous is probably like uh, Sly Cooper. And it's some people would say like you're you're kind of like sectioning off experiences by having you know two different kind of looks and designs for everything, but it works and it lets the writers you know I guess focus and... more on making the writing and making the scene work better than. It having to fill in those gaps.
3: If, if you've ever argued with, like, these really old-school hardcore RPG fans at, like, RPG Codex or No Mutants Allowed who, are like, swear up and down that voice acting has ruined RPGs, Oh, my God. They are right. They are so right. Because when you have to write for voice acting, you have to account for the budget of voice actors, the budget Mm -hmm. of disk space for how much more space those audio files are going to take up. When you're writing for just words on a screen, you have none of those limitations. So how do you feel about there being voice acting in Fallout 4, if I may ask? The main character is voice acted in Fallout 4, and that makes me a little iffy.
0: Well, they, they seem to have a better system in place with the, uh, like, there's the, um, the what is it, there's a there's a name recognition system and things like that. There seems to be a little bit more work into that polish of, you know, integrating world and story together. Um, then again, there's also the idea of, you know, being able to leave a conversation in the middle of it. And, and also
3: worried. the whole issue of, like, mental role playing and how well you can get into the character of a character who might say things that jar against what you want him to say. Like, remember when L.A. Noir came out and everyone wanted to just, like, be mildly suspicious of these suspects? But but Cole would shoo them out <laughs> for, like, <laughs> he'd be, like, talking to a little girl and, and he'd say something like, You, you know and You know it. Tell <laughs> you me murdered you're gonna them. get thrown in the slammer.
1: <laughs> I gotta say, I thoroughly enjoyed L.A. He'd noir He'd pick up
0: a shoe and he'd, like, turn it around a bunch and then he'd sometimes, like, look back and then, like, look and at and then look in a back way, then
2: I, I hope that Rockstar
1: revisits that franchise. I love L.A. <laughs> Noire. Like, just that, that game I love L.A. I, I Honestly, it was I was one I, of my favorite I, games.
3: Mm-hmm. I, I I have weird thoughts about it. So do you think that... It's, it's uh, a
2: strange game. I, it's, it, well,
3: it's a mysterious video game. <laughs> yeah,
2: it's, a, it's, it's kind of like... It could be better. The mechanics slash. could
1: be a lot better, but like, as far as uh, the animation... I mean, it's too bad it really, has
2: like the, the saltiest, uh, like, team of devs ever. Oh
3: yes. no! Don't remind me of Team Bondi. <laughs> yeah. I, oh, I'm too. sure
2: their uh, Horror of the Orient game is going very well because we haven't heard of it in four years.
3: I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Uh, team Bondi made... La Noir which which sold poorly they invested a yeah. load of money into some groundbreaking facial animation technology which is amazing by the way a, a very a very weird like borderline experimental game that still fell through the bull yeah. tree of of Rockstar's edginess requirements for needing a really long difficult cover shooting segment at the end of every case mm-hmm. and and they ended up being completely disbanded there was a lot of drama with the bosses that, that ended up screwing over a lot of those employees, and... Uh, Jeez. You yeah, yeah, here, though, they, they got about, shafted after that, the, um, the game's release.
2: The, the weird thing about the facial animation is uh, is that they, they had, like, behind-the-scenes little videos on YouTube before the game came out on, on how they did it, and the way they showed it was that they would have just a dude sitting down, and they'd have, like, Six camcorders recording all of his movements from every mm-hmm. angle. If you, when you play the game and you listen to the audio, like if you turn down all of the ambience and uh, music, you can actually hear the echo of the room they're in.
3: <laughs> that's and uh, that, and that that's is for not actually single, good. <laughs> that's for
2: every single character, even extras in the game environment. That, that
3: means they didn't noise removal or buy yeah. some foam padding, every... even though they had this amazing high tech. Equipment. Well, I think, I think, I think they kind of with
0: like, man, it's a lovely day out. <laughs> I think that they were kind of like, Roger that over dealing with <laughs> yeah. the fact of the, the new technology and they might have been kind of uh, flustered. It might have been difficult to try to, you know, yeah. do conventional noise dampening things. I, I don't know the technical side of it, Invest but uh, some... I want to switch gears because there is a, a sort of a, a patent that I would like to talk about a little bit. Um, yes. The NX. Uh, Nintendo has recently patented a a system that is not able to use physical copies of games. It doesn't have an optical drive. Yeah, which basically means no physical copies.
2: Uh,
1: But it does contain an SD card and a controller with the screen on it.
0: So they're going to be releasing games on SD cards.
3: As primarily a PC gamer... I can imagine I'm much more comfortable with this than a lot of console gamers are because it no, was it's, a big deal when the Xbox One it's got It's more revealed.
0: an issue of can a, can, will they release a console that could possibly digitally store new games in large quantities? Because uh, that's oh. an issue. Is that the, Xbox, drive in it? the Xbox One has that issue
3: where people were saying like... So does the Wii U.
0: Yeah. But that's I mean, the thing is that there is still physical copies so you can honestly, kind of, you know, when, trade when off. I, when I think about it, Because I I
1: was thinking about it the other day when we we heard about... We heard about this the day after we recorded the other podcast. Right. So, uh, I did information. I looked up things. I looked up memory storage on Blu-ray drives, and I looked up memory storage on SD cards and, you know, the use of, like, optical drives and other things like that. What I found was Blu-ray discs in general, they only... Most of them only go up to maybe twenty-five gigabytes. Uh, yeah, it's I think
2: twenty-five there's... for a single layer Blu-ray and fifty for a dual layer.
1: Exactly, and I'm pretty sure the video games are only on single layers, not on dual layers, which is why you have to download. You know, you have to install. Most are, games. some are
2: on dual layers. Metal right. Solid Four was, I think, the first game to use a dual layer Blu-ray.
1: Oh, and there we go. Um, and so. When I look up, uh, you know, regular SD cards, I found out you can get SD cards as far as like 128 gigabytes for maybe like less than $50. And, you know, and that's like, you know, Sandus, Extreme, all, all the good, all the good stuff. So I can see how like, why if they were switching to SD cards, but SD cards is once it's flash memory. It's not like regular, regular memory. Um, I said regular, regular memory. It's just, it's, it's a little different. Um. I mean,
2: flash memory. The, the the issue i mean that's probably well, that's what i saw thought of from that uh from that article is that it, it works they're, differently than, they're going than, back than the, the disk cartridges. the only issue with that is a they either have to get um a type of cart that can read memory really really quickly mm-hmm.
1: i i mean uh, the the transfer speed on this 128 gigabyte sd card is almost it's yeah no micro 90 SD mi- cards megabytes are, a second
2: yeah no micro sd cards have been Doing a lot better job than say standard uh, SD cards or hell even most thumb drives are. Um, but also you have to if they do go with that, hopefully what they or they they might
1: do like an adaptation of like their own like the the 3DS or the SD or the you know DS SD cards or whatever the cartridges. But yeah. I mean systems. I'm
2: just saying hopefully they they have found a way to make production cost on those lower. Maybe they'll switch to the video
0: cassettes. Didn't they recently find that video cassettes are like one of the biggest storage devices you can have? Maybe, but that'd be right. weird. I, think it was I like mean, 100
1: they're, the al- end... they're also
2: completely—they uh, also uh, like die every time you use them a little bit. Right. Right. Yeah, so,
0: yeah, I... they're 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 very uh, like unsafe.
1: <laughs> my my only concern uh... is with this whole thing. I r- I really hope this isn't the patent for the NX, and this is just you know a new uh, a different model of See, the Wii U. I think that it...
0: I think that it might be for their mobile division. If they if they're still considering making another mobile gaming platform, I think it might be just be for that. If or a concept of something like that. I, that I could understand making. that.
1: It's just for as far as like the NX goes, like they really need to be changing things up.
2: What if it's for the Game Boy Play, like the the 3DS well, player? It's about I don't time. Think,
0: right. I think That'd that most great. people have. I, I really, honestly, at this point, still have no idea what the NX could be. I I think it's I think it's mostly just blind speculation at this point. I I, I I mean they're
2: still saying at this point it might not even be a successor to the Wii U or the GDS. Maybe
3: it's I just therapy. a euphemism for re-strategizing their third-party relations department.
0: Yep, possibly.
3: <laughs> I possibly. mean like, like they're, I, they're I, still I, working I, on that. I am of the opinion that is the single heaviest factor Issue? hamstringing yeah. them
0: right now. Yeah. I I I would I'd be very inclined to agree.
2: So check it out. Next year, Nintendo's going to announce the uh, the Wii U 32x. Mm-hmm. It's going to be great. Um,
0: the, the new Wii U 32x. New Wii,
2: Wii U 3ds Wii U, Wii U compatible with Amiibo. Um, Dreamcast I've... Two coming at you. Get your uh...
1: and
3: and if you want to make a game for it, they'll actually answer your emails this time.
1: Uh, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, the, there's so little support, third party support for Nintendo. I'd, I've come to the you know to. To terms with them just being a first party console. And that's all I ever go to my Wii. And I'm, I'm extremely okay with that. I, I understand why a lot of people aren't. Um, because they don't have, they don't have a console a, to a,
0: support, you know, as all cons- of these other games. As a consumer, that is not something that I'm going to be willing to invest money in. As oh, much as yeah. I love Nintendo, it's not as the the competition is offering a lot of other options that could possibly be better. It's not yeah. like it's like an all you can eat buffet at the Xbox One or the or the PS4. It's that they there's more potential for me to get you know right. decent food. It's I, and the Wii U tr- Wii is trying to be a thing that's like a gourmet only restaurant. Well, people don't only don't go to gourmet restaurants that often because it's too expensive. Right. Um, it's not worth guess- the price often it's it's a good experience but it's not often worth the price and that's the thing is that a lot of consumers a lot of gamers have to be more tight with their wallets as of late uh it's it's becoming a more expensive uh i i uh, don't find that to be necessarily uh, exactly true hobby. and not because not because of singular sales but cumulative sales uh you know getting into retro gaming getting to you know uh, different systems when they try to you know do uh, exclusives uh it's it's just it's just becoming expensive i mean you know, to try and-, and keep this up
1: in my opinion, I'm a working man. Um, right. I am for- fortunate enough to, I own all three consoles, being the PlayStation 4, the Xbox One, and the Wii U. Okay. Um, I, and I do have preferences on what games for which systems, which is main, the main reason why I, I have all three. Cause I, I, you will not catch me in the light of day playing like an Assassin's Creed game on an Xbox. I apologize. Yes, you'll catch me you playing an Assassin's Creed game. I'm sorry, you guys. I, I'm a fan of this, the franchise. Oh, crucify me, mm-hmm. uh, but I mean like it's, I, I don't believe that the games are, are I, I guess it, it gets expensive when you get into retro gaming and all that stuff, but like as far as modern games go, I don't buy games and say on the days they come out or like on mm-hmm. the weeks, I'll wait maybe maybe a month or two to go and purchase a new game because it'll generally be 10 to $20 cheaper depending on where you buy. I right. you know, Bloodborne is came out in February, I found it for $20 at Target the other day. And I was about to buy it, but I, I I need a paycheck, so I'm gonna wait for my next paycheck to buy it. But I mean, it, it people are so selective where they buy the games. I think it's the the, the bigger issue. Like you just need to look. There's deals out there for video games and for consoles. You just need to know where to look. And if you want to be, become a part of like the modern gaming age, just find you can find any deal you want and anything you want for reason for a reasonable price. And it's not that hard to get into. I'm saying this from. My personal, like, you know, from my standpoint, you know, I work, uh, I can afford these things. I understand oh, the common gamer is, you know, between certain ages, uh, not a lot of people, you know, have the disposable income. Mm-hmm. Um, So I guess that's just what, how I see it, you know. Uh, right. I understand that having one console, you know, a PS3, not a PS3, a PS4 and an Xbox One, they have the ability. They have third-party development. They have first parties. They have almost everything. You depending on whatever console you want to get, you're most likely gonna you're gonna get what you want. You're gonna you're gonna get everything pretty much.
0: Nintendo has third-party support. It's just that they don't have enough of it. Is that that's everyone's gonna issue? I, know I just wanted to bring that up because I know someone in the comment section will probably want us to mention that. I just wanted to make I sure that that's out it. there. I'm sorry.
2: I want to mention. It
0: feel free. <laughs> I mean I I'm They're I'm being... just a believer in in them being the only first party
1: console out there. I'm I'm okay with that. I understand a lot of people aren't though. Right.
2: I, I think it's weird cuz um what relations Nintendo does have with some third party companies is that they they it, it's still weird. Like they still don't really ask much of them or at least much as much as they should. You yeah.
1: think they no. like It's because of the fact that their their third party support is so low, like they're just trying to get whatever they can.
0: Well, former executives have come out and said that they believe that Nintendo isn't doing a good job with its third party relations. A lot of third party companies have said that they've had issues with them. Consumers have noticed it. It's there. It's present. It it
3: literally boils down to like petty office politics. And well, not only that, it's, it's the 30 year history of doing this.
0: They've done this for so long that no one trusts them.
1: I mean, indie developers trust them, but I assume that's just so they can get well, their get names out with their games. I mean, you have it's, it.
0: If you're an indie developer and a big company wants to give you attention, it's hard not to want to trust them. Right. I'm not speaking that to speak poorly of indie developers. In fact, I think it's the best thing they could do. It it's just there's a reason why Yacht Yacht they're more likely to do that.
1: Is working out for yeah. well, um,
0: Yacht Club is a team full of experienced developers. They knew what they were doing as well. I think that it's, it, it's, even, it's even working just for indie... Playtonic
1: with a uh, with um ukulele. They're they're yeah. One of the they're yeah. only th- they're only making for the four major you know indie platforms. studios don't
0: have that precedence of that old rivalry or that old you know bitter you know note that they once had with Nintendo or that you know that project that they did together that they didn't really enjoy enjoy working on not to imply anything but rather just to say that you know there's it's a fresh start with every indie company that they work with and that's a, that's a good thing because Nintendo that that exists today is not the Nintendo of twenty years ago and right. I mean that in every positive possible way. Um, what do you guys think, speaking of indie companies and Yacht Club, what do you guys think of the rumor of Shovel Knight? Uh, we we have seen word from uh, Yacht Club Games on various social media saying that there's going to be a megaton announcement at PAX Prime this year. Probably Saturday, Sunday. Uh, we're probably going to be getting it probably maybe right after this episode airs just because our luck. Um, do you think that it's going to be Shovel Knight and Smash Brothers? Uh, or do you think it's just going to be me Mii costume?
3: Have you looked at the day's updates of this story uh i'm not sure what you're referring to but please go on um you know the european game retailer just called game right mm-hmm. it's They're... uh it's isn't, isn't it like GameStop?
0: GameSpot or game yeah, was GameStop their, for... their official yeah.
3: twitter account earlier today released a promotional image of a shovel knight amiibo and then quickly deleted it the idea being mm. that they accidentally leaked it ahead of time and it does not have a smash brothers logo on it it looks very it it looks very
0: you know uh like it could exist it looks like it could exist but it doesn't have the the right amiibo casing for it uh i was talking to colin about it a little bit earlier and he said that it might be just you know oh uh, so you uh, do know what i'm talking about yeah it might be pronounced i wasn't sure what what particular thing you were talking about because of (laughs) being vague and i'm you know as as silly and stupid as i am uh uh it it didn't look official enough for me, but Colin makes a fair point that, it, that the the actual figure itself did look very, very, very convincing.
1: Maybe what it is is that they're gonna with the new update of Plague of Shadows, uh, it calls for amiibo support as on the Nintendo platform
0: exclusively. Which I That's would see likely.
1: Why, um, That's very and- likely. You know, because they've
0: done exclusive content for Xbox, they've done exclusive content for Well, they did exclusive, exclusive box, boss fights, and they were both great. And I think that Ex- Nintendo would definitely want to be on board for that. Of course, they would have some exclusivity
1: with Nintendo, especially for it being an amiibo, since they were they first came out the the game on mm-hmm. the uh, the Nintendo platforms, and then I guess right. PC as well. I
2: mean, right. the, the 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 box itself just looks it looks like any other you know, amiibo box. It just doesn't look like the Smash Brothers one because it's not a Smash
1: Brothers box. Maybe well, that's it, the idea. It another reason.
0: Well, well, well. The first part of this question is, do you think they're making a Shovel Knight amiibo? And then the second part would be, just do you think it's going to be a Smash Brothers amiibo, in that it's going to actually work with Smash Brothers, and there's going to be a Shovel Knight character in Smash Brothers?
3: Well, I think part be... one's a good bet. Part two's a little more optimistic. Right,
0: right. I just yeah. want to make sure that we're discussing both topics yeah. and not just, you know, I dismissing mean, like, or.
2: To be fair, Nintendo also has amiibos for other franchises that still
1: Mario has Smash two different style amiibos yeah
0: right right but i mean they usually do one for if there's if there's a smash brothers if there's a character in smash brothers they'll do an amiibo for it it's usually what the, how the case works so there's probably going to be a, a roy and a ryu amiibo at some point well yeah they've already kind of already announced there. it but uh, yeah. i could honestly
1: um, i could honestly imagine the trailer for uh shovel knight in smash brothers you would see the amiibo the amiibo would transform into a Smash Bros. amiibo, then it would go into Smash Brothers gameplay with Shovel Knight.
0: Oh, I can imagine a hundred different possibilities for trailers for Shovel Knight being announced for Smash Brothers, and all of them are really cute. Um, um, it, it's,
1: it's interesting. I, I think he's still on, you know, top of the list—not number one, but I would say within the, within the top ten of the most wanted characters in the new, in as Smash. DLC. as according to the Smash Valley. Not saying that we know the uh, the the um the results, but like. More often than not, in the in forums, you see that Shovel Knight is like one of the most wanted characters.
0: Right now, um, he is, and he is—he's one of the most viable characters. Uh, I mean, he's one of the ones that actually has a shot of being in the game because they said that they're open to anything, but there's only certain characters that companies will be willing to work with them on. Yacht Club has expressed their interest. in Yeah, being, so in, based, based off that, it would
1: you would assume that it is a viable right. option for Nintendo to work right, with. Right, not Yacht only Club. that, it
0: was it was received critically and and like just like by the the general public is like a as a success a good idea. it was a huge hit it was a huge hit of a game oh oh you're on talking some, as a it game, won in general. Indie game right. of the year it's it's one of nintendo's best-selling like indie titles i i would assume that they would want to bank on that and they would be willing to work with, with a company that's very eager to and full of experienced people who know how to make games
1: there's also i i recently found this you know even though it's probably not recent news there's a lot of Hate, so to speak, like of Shovel Knight in the game. A lot of people saying that he's not deserving, but a lot of the people I've seen that are saying that are, are people that want, you know, veteran fighters and people from the franchises they already have. Um, I so want I,
2: Ridley. I want Ridley in Smash.
1: Uh, that and people they want more Fire Emblem characters. I'm like, that's interesting. People still want characters from the, the franchise they already have rather than like you know new upcoming characters. So you know, it's the spectrum is very wide. Um, right. I I would like to see him and Smash Brothers personally, you know, he was one of my votes. I, I think out of like the ones that I did type in the computer, he was like the very first one. Just because I'm like, oh, good option. You know, probably, hopefully he'll, he'll be the one that they pick. Who knows? Right. Um, but I, I don't see why, I really hope he's not a me costume. I have, I just have the hint in the back of my head that he will be a me costume. Um, and I really hope that's not true. He could mm-hmm. probably be for the swordsman, and then his shovel would be the sword, and that's what would make me mad. That would... I would, like, you know, throw my DS on the ground and break There's a bunch it. of
0: different things they could do with that, with his uh, weapon set, I think, that they should really take advantage of. He has a bunch of different items and abilities that, you know, could make great uh, special moves for a character. Attacks. Right.
1: I agree. I agree. Um, any but...
3: any love or hope in here for, for Bayonetta? Oh, uh, of course. No.
1: I mean, I there's always hope, I, but you not, know, not the way not love. going... Konami? No, not Konami. My mistake. Uh, Platinum. Platinum? Yeah. Mm-hmm. The way Platinum, you know, is going about it, I don't think it's gonna happen. I would love to see it I just think that the, the, the creator's
0: a little bit too nutty for an Nintendo to want to work with him. Um, um but uh, I, I'm I just and excited. I just think that. Uh, hope for Bayonetta. Yes, not love per se. I guess just because I there are other characters I would rather see in Smash Brothers than Bayonetta. I want to see Professor
1: Layton in the game, to be I completely honest. I want Snake honest.
2: to come back. I want my Snake amiibo.
1: I, I honestly feel like they they will bring back Fox. Uh, not Fox. I apologize. I mean Wolf. And I, I Well, feel I like don't mean this
0: to offend, Ko- to offend Kojima, but without Kojima in uh, Konami's good graces and Konami to free to do with it whatever they want with the Metal Gear franchise, it's more likely that Snake could just uh, make a—or Big Boss could make an appearance— as a character in Metal, uh, no, Super Smash Brothers, you, you think was, was Metal Coach Gear
3: characters are more likely than Bayonetta characters? Well, no, I mean, he I'm was saying was that a with, veteran. without
0: Kojima and Konami being just interested in trying to make the, the best buck out of it, I think that they're more willing to, you know, sign a, a deal to get him in the game.
1: I feel like Snake would make a return. I would, I would like to think so. Yeah, based off of like you know, Konami hum- money hungry. Yeah, but I, be I think
2: big boss probably.
1: You, you don't think they snake. would make. You don't think Snake would return?
0: No, it'd be Big Boss because Big Boss is the is the the, he's the more the recent star one right now. Right? Yeah, uh, he's, he's he's the one also, that they're focusing
1: on.
2: Also because of uh, Snake Eater 3D. Really.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay. That that all right. That makes a uh, much more sense. Um, yeah. I don't know. I feel like veterans maybe uh, they'll have a Snake costume and then and the same reveal of Big Boss would be the one that they're really like promoting the game. Uh, and plenty of ideas could go around, but um. I feel like Wolf and a member of the Metal Gear franchise will arrive, uh, not, you know, Raiden for the purpose of he's in PlayStation All Stars. Um, mm-hmm. so, uh, but besides that, I really want to see Professor Layton in the game. I've always had hope for him. I feel like he could. I don't see why he couldn't. I don't think there's enough fan vote for him. Uh, vote for your, for your boy, Professor Layton. If you haven't, you have until October 5th. Uh, that's my mm-hmm. two cents. They Phoenix at, uh, Ray is in Capcom games, my friend. You can't. He will, can't be in the game.
0: Although versus Capcom Three. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but uh, I think was it Mega Man. Uh, so is Ryu. Street Fighter. What, what kind of yeah. argument? that? No, but, so. but Ryu is a part of the franchise in general. And is they're trying to bring him from Street Fighter. Right. Right. Um, let's let's switch gears again. I, I, I want to ask a question. Uh, well, first I want to ask George something really quick. Uh, because. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're kind of dragging this topic on for a little bit too long. Uh, George, the name's Super Bunny Hop. Can you explain where that
3: comes from? <laughs> uh, you Bunny Hop and Quake. A lot of, a lot of video games. Nintendo products particular have Super mm-hmm. in front of the name. There you go. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really, it doesn't, the name doesn't really need to make sense.
0: It's just something that you wanted to have there. Let's just like throw it in there, whatever. Could yeah, have been called much. like Rice Ball Soda and it would have been fine.
3: Rice ball soda would probably do just about as well as Super Bunny hop <laughs> um I mean i'm I'm in the same medium with with names such as rooster teeth, <laughs> normal boots, hidden block giant bomb the names names doesn't gotta make sense it's just it's just like literally a label, I guess uh one more question I want to ask. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, I feel like I let you down.
0: No, 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 it's fine. I, it's I, you bring up a good point that these names really don't matter. I, I think, it, but there is like a slight video game connection, so I yeah. think it's pretty cute. And that's I mean, really rooster teeth
1: is a euphemism for a much sturdier term.
0: Yeah, yeah, but uh,
1: that's really? the only case. Uh, yes, I can't <laughs> tell if that was sarcasm or if you were being serious.
3: No, no, I am serious. Uh, I, I will tell you. Hey, are, well. are we? What's the rating on the podcast? uh but we're PG. not allowed to curse okay so pg-13 here check the chat i i i mean the rooster i can see oh how <laughs> the hell was i supposed to get that
0: you weren't
1: uh, you don't need to
0: but they mentioned it plenty of replace, times.
3: replace replace teeth with chomping and i think that i, I kind know of f- now helps people out yeah i was thinking teeth would be like mouth face dental <laughs> I, what would? I, okay. okay chicken face um yeah <laughs> Uh,
0: But one other thing, uh, in terms of the Zelda series, which is your favorite and which is your least favorite? Or most hated to some people? uh, And why? Mm.
3: Majora's Mask is the favorite. Although when I was growing up, there was like a certain age that I think I hit where my favorite shifted from Ocarina to Majora. And... uh, I came into the series in a really interesting way. I feel like a lot of people who actually are my age are more linked to the past people. But I I, I had an NES growing up, back when all the kids were playing Super Nintendo and Nintendo 64, because I was getting a hand-me-down console from some relatives. And I actually played Zelda 1 and 2 way before any of the others, and then eventually got a Game Boy with uh, Link's Awakening on it. Mm-hmm. thought that was great and completely skipped link to the past growing up to go into Ocarina later and then Majora's mask. And so Ocarina of time, I feel like this is the same deal for a lot of fans, just kind of like entered my life at the point where it was able to cement the standards by which classic adventures would, would have to be held to from the future. Whereas so you've now ever played uh link to the past. Oh yeah. Yeah. I've played it okay. like four or five times now at this point, but mm-hmm. I think my first playthrough, I was like 12, whereas the first time I played Ocarina, I was like 7. Oh, wow. So, so there, were, there was, there was a, good, a good delay there. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, Majora's Mask, I really, really appreciate how drastically different of a direction they were able to go with Zelda, despite right. using the same assets engine control scheme from the previous game i I feel like it's it's not only a great example of um of of a story a world an atmosphere and a mood in a game, and also a lot of a lot of clever mechanical things going on with that day night cycle i mean games today still don't keep track of where their n p c s are supposed to be in their daily schedule to the degree that majora's mask does, but it's also a great example of efficient video game development right i mean on on the surface you could talk smack about them reusing a lot of assets from the previous years but they did it within a year they did it within a year they reused a lot of the same assets in the previous year and ended up creating something very weird and wonderful from it rather Mm -hmm. than like falling into the call of duty trap of reusing the engines the assets in a year and just making uh, uh, the same game, but with with the the stakes and the features one tiny little notch higher.
0: Right, and I think that's in part part due to Koji Kondo with his with his very strange musical choices in that game and the way that he mm-hmm. wanted to interpret mood and theme into everything and just like make sure that everything had a a, a certain level of depth.
3: And uh, and a lot of the songs also follow the same central melody of the Clock Town theme.
0: Right. Right there is a very obvious overarching theme mm-hmm. that can be found in every piece, which is just central to keeping a, st- a stableness in this world of insanity, which I think is very important.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's beautiful. Yeah. It's a freaking gorgeous example of prime video game. <laughs> uh, right. Someone was going to say something. Yeah. I was, oh, yeah.
1: I, I, w- I was actually going to say, like, you're just talking about, like, the same Call of Duty thing. It was funny because, um, so I haven't played Call of Duty since I, I want to say, like, actually played since maybe the first Black Ops game. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. I
1: took a, I took a big break. You know, I played Modern Warfare 2, Black Ops, then Ghosts and Black Ops 2, and I guess Advanced Warfare is one, it's been out for a year, about a year now. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I actually, I started playing it the other day. I'm like, oh, okay. I, I just figured what the franchise needed is, they just need a, to break and stop doing this annualizing thing, although they're only annualizing it because they could make, you know, m- millions of dollars off of it. But, I mean, I think people would still enjoy those games just to a point like, all right, after playing too much, then people get bored. But if they were to make the development times at least a good
2: three years in between each game... Well, was... they kind of are since they have three different companies doing... Right. It. I'm just title. saying, title. They... Which, mm-hmm. I, for that, I actually... Yeah, I'm actually okay with that because... I mean, I've I've pretty much skipped Ghost and Advanced Warfare, and I only focus on the uh, on Black Ops, the Treyarch titles. The, 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 I, I like the, the Treyarch, Treyarch ones most. are
1: arguably the the best ones now. I would say the old Infinity Ward, at least mm-hmm. Modern Warfare, Modern Warfare Two, those were pretty the, the, much
3: the tables turned around the time of Black Ops.
1: Yeah. I, I well, honestly, Black Ops was arguably my favorite, if not Modern Warfare
3: Two. But I like... love the campaign in Black Ops. I think more than any other because it's just so stupid. Yeah, and that's exactly what Call of Duty should be. It should be like dumb fun. The, the, and... the Treyarch games have know, this Ops, like just great, like
2: self-awareness to them yeah. that the others just
3: don't. Black Ops has a crossbow that makes people explode when you shoot them
2: with it. I mean, yeah, World at War and Black Ops stole like. Levels and entire cutscenes from just random movies. I like, want to
1: say World at War is pretty great, though. Just I like it, World at War. I, I. They took out some of the the best mechanics in that game that they could have used in the next one, but you know, whatever. You the, know.
2: I mean, the American sequences with the uh, uh, now Punish Snake were were kind of <laughs> weird, but right. The Russian segments were right. Yeah. Um. Honestly, they just need. A,
1: I don't think they need three studios for these projects. I understand no, that. I mean, I understand people want to get into the newest stuff, like more you...
2: technically, because now also uh, Raven and NeverSoft have kind of been pushed into the the clutter.
1: I thought, yeah, I, yeah, I was like, isn't NeverSoft like? Didn't they get rid of that? That was defunct. Yeah, yeah, but mm-hmm. um, that was that was just. I just wanted to say that you know, Call of Duty just needs a break. It's otherwise, it's a sound game. Right. It's, it's you
2: get what you pay for. Nothing objectively wrong with them, but <laughs> I don't they know if to... you get what you pay for. But
1: <laughs> no, you do. You, I mean, um... in a
0: in a sense, you do. All right. Uh, I just want to mention one more thing that I recently... I just saw uh, looking through some news as we were discussing. Uh, Kojima is working on a commemoration video for Metal Gear Solid V's launch with Geoff Keighley and uh, Greg Miller from the Game of Ruggeri show. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of funny. What do you, think, what do you think that that's going to be about? This is going to be our last topic for this week. We're going to wrap up in a bit. Uh, but do you think that he's going to... Do you think he's going to mention anything in particular? Or do you think that he's kind of making this kind of his goodbye from the metal gear franchise he's gonna it's gonna
2: happen he's gonna say v has come to he's gonna reach into uh jeff keely's pocket pull out doritos eat them he's gonna then (laughs) give greg miller a small little peck on the cheek and then he's gonna go did you like it and the video will just fade out
1: (laughs) on honestly knowing greg miller and jeff keely and you know what we've known i think they're they're gonna make sure they ask kojima the right questions no one talk about the right things they're they're professionals they've been doing this for years Um, and great professionals, boring. Greg Miller is anything but boring, my friend. That is my honest opinion. Yeah,
3: I will I, see what the. Door. I know. I mean, granted, I'm not the biggest Greg Miller fan in the world, but I do pay attention to the stuff Jeff Keighley does with Kojima, and I'm never really that surprised. I'm not really feeling it. I have a feeling it's going to be very fluffy.
0: It is. I just, I just wonder how it must feel for this guy to kind of make what might be his final goodbye to the Metal Gear franchise um well, but that's our show for today oh yeah uh, that,
3: okay i won't go on <laughs> uh
0: i want to thank you guys for joining us that was, no uh, problem, was a good episode yeah. uh, I, I had a lot of fun thank you to everyone that sent in your fan topics emails uh your your cover your theme song submissions once again that opening theme was brought to us by dj Ryder, and this closing theme song is our usual uh, uh hero of time remix by jeesh if you have any of your own topics, theme songs, submissions, questions, anything like that, send that to us at ZeldaInformerPodcast at gmail.com. Once again, that's ZeldaInformerPodcast at gmail.com. And please, please feel free to uh, like the podcast, share it, follow us all on Twitter. It's how you're going to find all the extra information to find about upcoming guests. It's how you're going to be able to contact me directly. Don't go to the zeldinformer Twitter because I don't run that and I won't see your tweets until like three months later, which I've scrolled through Twitter and I've Found three months later because I wasn't searching for things correctly that were linked to Zelda Informer. Uh thank you again for joining me guys. Uh this has been fun.
3: Hope everyone has a good night. Bye. Bye. Should I stop my recording? Never. Oh <laughs>